In the business of bourses and market structure this week, Deutsche Börse buys ISS, the Weimar Republic, moving forward at last. Not moving forward, ASX. It spends its week in a technology fiasco. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast. On one day opening EI 1916 this week, I mentioned the year when Tristan Zara apparently founded Dadaism. No sooner was that line typed than the ASX demonstrated their latest feat of techno-Dadaism. The Dadaist movement was a collective of artists who rejected the logic, reason and aestheticism of contemporary capitalist society, preferring to express nonsense, irrationality and anti-bourgeois protest in their works. ASX have managed to demonstrate most of the clear concepts of the Dadaist movement through what amounts to techno-Dadaism, inflicting all manner of closures, shutdowns and technical problems throughout their stack during the course of the last week. Where it required hackers to take down the New Zealand Stock Exchange, their Antipodean neighbours can do much more damage to their market left all to their own initiative. ASX have, it seems, ambition, not the dizzying tech ambition of previous ASX generations who closed a major exchange floor ahead of the vogue for the rest of the world. The past week has suggested they are not merely content to be stewards of the biggest stuff-up in settlements since the LSE's stillborn Taurus, but rather they now have ambitions to manage to screw up the entire technology stack of the market structure, that is, an Australian market monopoly. To which end, the anguish of Chi-X and other professional intermediaries and competitors in the Australian financial market space has been measured but heartfelt all the same. Even ASIC, traditionally the protector of the Australian Stock Exchange, ended up getting annoyed, albeit they finished the week around a level 3 on a 1 to 10 scale, where the reaction from a better regulator ought to have surely been a solid 15 plus and rising. Things are now so acute that if ASX management are not careful, they may soon have to be held responsible for their actions. Ultimately, one thing 2020 has exposed is how the monopoly milkers have a limited lifespan in the parish, as has been long anticipated within the pixels of Exchange Invest. Chicago Mercantile Exchange is now beholden to third parties for content development, while incapable of attending to flaws within their portfolio. But apparently their South Wacker reception refurbishment is looking very Martha Stewart living. Likewise, ASX has ridden the monopoly trade for a decade and more with zero foresight. The days of easy cream are long gone. The wheels are now trundling off into the undergrowth of the ASX technology stack. And that's leaving the chassis becalmed in the bush. Sydney is in danger of being left a wilderness where financial markets once thrived in the early digital age. ASX no longer engenders confidence that they are capable of running a monopoly for the benefit of stakeholders and shareholders alike. It's time for an outbreak of government intervention, and Canberra should react immediately. Clearing and settlement choice must be enabled for Australian investors now. The umbilical cord between ASX and the state, invalid since it moved to private ownership decades ago, must be cut so that private endeavours can flourish against what this week we can see clearly as an ASX behemoth of proven incompetence. To think that only a week ago there was talk of Sydney challenging Hong Kong as a financial centre. Rather, confidence in the Australian financial centre now hangs by a thread. 
despite the great efforts of the many talents who can be found trying to make a living while having to dance around the frailties of the Jabba-like flaccid market structure monopoly of ASX. That's just one of many stories we've been covering this week in Exchange Invest. Go to exchangeinvest.com, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be part of the debate every day, understanding everything that goes on in the world of market structure, with added pith from myself, Patrick L. Young, or PLY, as I record myself, within Exchange Invest's daily newsletter. Available now, free 30-day trial subscription if you're joining us for the first time. Thereafter, it's a very reasonable US$250 per user per year. I mentioned monopoly milkers earlier on. One thing, of course, that's also been a concern has been the loss of focus among some large exchange groups, such as, for example, the London Stock Exchange Group, while it's continued to endlessly pursue the acquisition of data vendor Refinitiv. In that sense, a worrying story emerged this week. London is losing listed companies faster than most of Europe. And indeed, a fascinating point in the fine print. Euronext's purchase of Borsa Italiana will give the operator a similar number of company listings to the London Stock Exchange. That surely is the sort of statement upon which corporate or indeed career epitaphs can be based, particularly given the gifting of that overall number of listings from Borsa Italiana is being provided to Euronext by the London Stock Exchange Group itself. Hong Kong Exchange, they're aiming to slash the IPO settlement times in a bid to keep their global edge, looking at reducing that from five days compressed to one. It still wouldn't have helped them in terms of the dual listing with Ant Financial happening, but nonetheless, it's a very important advance for the already flourishing Hong Kong IPO market. Elsewhere, in signs of desperation, TPI Cap have sued Nex, their former parent, or at least the former parent of the ICAP half of the business, over various issues of non-disclosure. Now, given the fact that this deal took place four years ago, does anybody credibly believe that T plus 48-month buyer's regret is actually a valid assertion? Frankly, this looks like desperation. In results this week, one set of spectacular numbers, B3, the Brazilian monopoly, they concluded the results season with an absolutely spectacular 50% growth rate in revenues. Absolute excellence alongside other parish super achievers this quarter, such as Nasdaq, ICE, Hong Kong exchanges, the National Stock Exchange of India and others. Deals this week were dominated by the news that Deutsche Börse are going to buy the corporate governance advisor ISS. The initial reaction was at least we saw some sign of life in Eschborn. The Theodor Weimar Republic is doing something at last. The acquisition of an 80% stake in ISS for $1.8 billion shows some element of life in DB1 and equally a return to very historic past form of trying to buy simple market structures such as, say, Clearstream. However, the difference was that Clearstream was effectively politically neutral. It's just owning and servicing cleared and settled assets. Therein, quickly, we start to see a problem because while... DB1 ran a very smooth investor day this week online. In their quest to value the amortization of the paperclips, I fear the analysts might have been missing the big picture. Of course, that's pretty far for the course for analysts because their numbers are more harshly scrutinized quarter on quarter than even the companies they actually look at. The more worrying part of this is I fear DB1 seemed to be again missing the big picture too. Theodore Weimer notes quite rightly big exchange transactions are off the agenda due to antitrust. 
If only previous generations of Deutsche Börse management could have noticed that for the past decade or more, then perhaps DB1 might still be in the top tier of the pyramid of exchanges. To be fair, that conclusion's only taken Tedor Weimer three years. Now, Deutsche Börse also made an interesting point at the Investor Day about Borsa Italiana, where they reckoned they would have run into antitrust issues, but they made a bid anyway, aka presumably they were tweaking the Euronext price up, even though Deutsche Börse made it clear they were already committed to the labyrinthine negotiation to acquire ISS. I'm not sure that sounded entirely ethical for a company promoting its ESG side, but it is what it is. The other fascinating point was that notwithstanding an expectation they would have had antitrust problems with any Borsa Italiana deal, anyway, Tyador Weimer could not get comfortable with the Italian demands for corporate influence on the resulting deal company. Now, back to ISS. I've become less and less comfortable as I thought about this for the last day or two. I previously mentioned the upcoming rebuttal of any ISS decision within Exchange Invest. You have to read it, of course, at exchangeinvest.com to be up with the news daily. But anyway, there is this opening that any ISS decision which annoys a voluble American, or more significantly, say, that very voluble subset of the voluble American, American politicians, is going to prove difficult because they're going to simply say, some German company has said blah, blah, blah. However, it's at its very heart. Correspondents have also been eager to note that this deal is a can of worms on a vast scale. Deutsche Börse's CEO, Theodor Weimer, noted that ISS will, where appropriate, be operating at entirely arm's length. At which stage I was wide awake in the investor presentation. I mean, this is the same Deutsche Börse which only got Theodor Weimer as CEO after various shenanigans, including insider dealing accusations surrounding his predecessor. Moreover, the appearance of the ISS CEO suggested supplicancy during the course of the investor presentation, not merely respectful corporate structure interaction. That doesn't entirely fill me full of arm's length enthusiasm for the future Chinese walls of the DB1 management relationship. After all, how can ISS now ever assess DB1 management? Moreover, how can it assess the many listed US exchanges? Any sign of dubious comment on, say, Chicago Mercantile Exchange Group will unleash the wrath of anti-German sentiment, methinks. Fair enough, I suspect CME shareholders will stop short of burning the wheat fields of umpteen generation German migrant farmers in these surrounding states to Illinois, but nonetheless you get the gist. Suddenly ISS's ownership matters, as it no longer looks like a purely independent arbiter. Rather, it's now an arm of a German primary listing and trading organisation. Without independence being perceived, suddenly a lot of ISS looks to be worth the square root of stuff all. The whole tree of information is therefore endangered. For example, how DB1 the listing advisor relates to DB1 the proxy advisor, let alone how DB1 the market operator deals with complaints about DB1 the proxy advisor. It's that Viennese whirl of a stage show, the play La Ronde from the early 20th century, albeit without the asterisks. And remember, from now on, ISS is merely an instrument of Germany's leading market operator, and that will be yelled on high if, for example, ISS in any way addresses a concealed but wholesale fraud like Wirecard. Of course, that means, based on past performance, German regulators will be raiding the ISS offices left, right and centre. How squeaky will that be for DB1 management? Well, you know, my assets are in Clearstream, part of the group which involves those chaps who were raided on the TV news the other evening who tell investors how to vote at AGMs. Hmm. Extrapolate that one at the water cooler and it's a hard sell to find any easy conclusion. Bear in mind, Wirecard had pretty much everybody supplicant in German regulation protecting their empire. 
in this case, would DB1 have the guts to stand up to a DAX-listed company? After all, this is DB1, which previously could not drop Neuermarkt fast enough rather than try to ride out the SME listing cycle because none of the careerist management could see the sense in defending something that endangered their options allocation post-pension pot. QV CEO Tedor Weimer has been broadly viewed as determined to reach retirement age at DB1. If I were a customer of ISS, I would consider my independent provider has become embroiled in a web of influence which will make it hard to further justify as a truly independent provider. Just to recap, to endanger the bottom line of the independent vendor they are buying by essentially rendering it questionable in its independence, Deutsche Börse Group are borrowing a billion to pay 1.8 billion USD. Don't forget, you can get all of this news and information daily in Exchange Invest, the newsletter of the Bourse business. If you're looking for a longer read, if you're locked down, don't forget to check out my latest book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World, which is published by DV Books and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Meanwhile, IPOVID Live came to a wonderful conclusion this week with an excellent session talking to two gurus of the VolQ, the latest product in the world of volatility management. That was very, very exciting indeed. You can catch it over at IPO-Vid. Coming soon, Series 3 will start on December the 1st with the comedian, crypto evangelist and fascinating person of economic insights, Dominic Frisby. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. We had a great deal of discussion about the Ant IPO aftermath. That's going to burn and burn until finally they manage to get Ant listed in the near future. Some investors echoing my words of last week that in fact, ultimately, it could well be that Ant will build back better and therefore end up being a higher value than ever before. And ladies and gentlemen, on that bombshell, this brief review of the world of market structure must come to an end. My name is Patrick L. Young. Thank you very much for listening to the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast number 72. I look forward to seeing you within the pixels of our daily newsletter, Exchange Invest, in the near term. Meanwhile, this podcast will return next week. Thanks for listening. Have a great week in markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.